welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and the beloved take their first loss of the season, uh, 1-0 in the high altitude of Colorado Springs, Colorado, and discuss that and the upcoming game at home against the Rio Grande Valley Toros. I have uh, a couple of cool kids with me. First off, it's Ariana. Uh, Ariana, how you been? How was the watch party at Mike's? I've been all right. Uh, the watch party at Mike's was fun. Um, I think that if we do it again, we should plan without the Pirates game uh, being right next door. But um, they have a huge beer selection. So that was something that threw me off. I know they tout that they have a lot of beers, but... It is in the name. It doesn't really... <laughs> it didn't really, uh, you know, make sense until I got there and they handed me the drink menu and it was a literal binder of at least 20 pieces of paper um, that had their beer menu on it, which was astounding. So um, that that was was interesting. And I think everyone at least tried a different... I don't think anyone drank the same beer twice. Um, so we all got to try something different, which was which was nice. And local beers too. So I enjoyed it. Drink local, yo. Drink local. And if, yeah. if that could also include a beer slash iced tea uh, cocktail. But we can get to that in a bit. Mm. Also here, fresh from his trip to uh, the District of Columbia, it's Seth. Yeah. Um, uh, how is our nation's capital doing uh, since you've been there? It was a, a beautiful weekend we spent there. Um, cherry blossoms were really cool. We got down to the Tidal Basin, walked around, did some monuments, museums, all that good stuff, um, and then uh, had easily the best barbecue dinner of my life uh, from a local place. Um, I was, we were just all kind of tired. I was playing like Yelp Roulette when I saw that this barbecue place claimed they were voted one of the top fifteen barbecue places in the United States, and I said, you know what? I'll be the judge of that. And my God, was it delicious. So if you're ever in DC, uh, it's called D city barbecue. And, uh, it's over kind of like U street. If you're familiar with the breakdown of the map of DC, like towards like Howard university. Um, and it was easily, I'd probably put it on my, uh, Mount Rushmore of uh, meals. It was that good. That good. Yeah, it was. It was a problem. See, like I, we like ordered. We ordered way too much, and I just like could not stop myself from eating anymore, and then was just utterly miserable the rest of the night. But it was so worth it. A happy misery. Yeah. The problem for me, you see all these places, you know, voted best barbecue or whatever it's it's like all the pizza places. every pizza claims to have won some award and there's no real citation attached to that and so i I, it just Mm -hmm. kind of it gets pushed aside very quickly it's like boxing you got too many titles too many too many titles who's really the world champion you never because this place lived up the hype though and now all the all the all the big fights don't even have the titles in them because the all the all the big prize fighters don't want to be bothered with uh, the obligations of a title. It's a shame. Yeah. But when it comes to food, just put that on the side of the box, and uh, you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Uh, 
Good food chat there. I liked it. Good stuff. What's the name of that place again? D D something. Yeah, D City Barbecue. D City Barbecue. Nice. You know who who has some time this week to uh to go get some D City Barbecue? Who? <laughs> Robbie Mertz. That's a sick joke. Robbie Sorry. Mertz. Robbie Mertz does. Because uh, he got sent off, and it wasn't great. Uh, he he can go with uh, Ortoro. Yeah, yeah, they could they could carpool out there. It's gonna be great. This past weekend, Hounds traveled out to Colorado Springs, came back uh, with zero goals, zero points, and a one nil loss. Picked up a bunch of cards though, so uh, they got cards for for all occasions. Mother's Day is coming up. Got cards for that now too. Uh, let's run. Let's run through the lineup here to start because I think it, it, at least to me, this was not the lineup any of us were really expecting uh, outside of the the junior Eto injury that we can discuss in a bit. But the lineup for, for this game was uh, Jamali Waite in net. No real shock there. Dos Santos, your left back. Again, not a surprise. Your center backs, uh, Ordonez, Hogan. That's kind of been standard. Biasi is the right back. Then you get into the midfield. Gets a little surprising. Uh, Forbes, Svelte in for the Eto. At least that's how I read it. Uh, Mertz, mm-hmm. Tony Lopez getting the start. Mark Yabera up there as well. And then Dequa up top, basically by himself. Ariel, I'll start with you. What did you think of this lineup? Again, uh, the Svelte suit, uh, he came on for Eto during the injury at the at the Tulsa game, so that's not a terribly big surprise. Lopez getting the start, kind of unexpected. But, yeah, what what did you think of this uh, of this eleven? It's a, I like it. I'm not angry about it. Um, I feel like there's one big name that we've mentioned quite a few times on the pod and just in general uh, that wasn't on the list that I was surprised about, um, and that would be Burke uh, failing. I was probably surprised most with uh, Lopez's start. Um, Trevor, yeah, like you mentioned, he came in in – the uh, Tulsa game after Junior was injured. So that, to me, was the logical step. I could see where uh, Bob's brain was at there. Um, but Lopez getting the start was a little bit of a surprise. More so, not, I'm not surprised that he got the start. I'm surprised he got the start over Burke. Um, well, Burke maybe was, something happened. Thing, Burke wasn't even in and the, in the he, 18. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't travel. Yeah. So, I mean, a little bit of a long and Kiza didn't there. start. I was, yeah, I, I, I something happened. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know it was in practice or something, but I, he, I'm, I was most shocked at his non-attendance at um, the Colorado game. It might have something to do with. I know. Um, as a football fan, I know that some football players won't travel because of the high altitude. So that could also be a plan to any of the players who didn't travel, um, whether they are able to or unable to travel in higher altitudes. Um, but I was also surprised that Kiza didn't start. Now, who he would have or or was pulled off the bench. He was not a sub at all. Um 
who who he would have been subbed in for probably Mertz if we hadn't have lost him for the the card um but the only thing that honestly didn't surprise me was Dequa in the front and our back line I felt pretty confident with the back line that we started with um Dos Santos Ordonez Hogan and Biasi um I like that back line. I'm not angry about it. Um, we obviously won't have the next one for the next game, but um, Luke Piazzi played probably his best game, if not his best game, in his time at, at, with the Riverhounds. So I uh, give him give him credit for that one. Yeah, fine showing for him uh, at right back, which is, I mean, it, it seems to be his spot to lose now and. Not sure who's really uh, competing against him to, to grab those minutes. Uh, Seth, we, we kind of brought up there a little bit already. Kizza, uh, DNPs, uh, doesn't get off the bench. Um, what uh, Like the 11, don't like the 11. How much how much does, does the Mertz red card uh, affect him not, not seeing any minutes? Um, where's your head at with this? So, when I was looking at the lineup and I saw that Biasi was getting the start, I thought for sure that Rivera would be playing that like other defensive mid role, the pivot. Um, and then he was on the bench. And so that kind of, I, I don't know, I, I like Danny in that role. I think he, uh, with his marking ability, and he, he does make some good decisions with the ball too so i really was hoping to see you know maybe danny would kind of get a shot in the midfield there and replace of uh junioretto um but you know obviously this is the first time this season we've seen the team without the two out and out strikers up top i mean i tony lopez felt like he was more of a attacking mid as far as uh, how far he was backtracking um I just, you know, I I think the the Mertz red is one of those things that I think you're always going to account. There's going to be like two or three games each season that there's going to be some clunky occurrence that happens that just kind of makes Bob have to make weird in-game adjustments. And I'm just going to chalk this up as one of those um, matches going into a place with a team we've never played before. So kind of cool with the East West crossover. Now um, I know, like I, I remember at the end of last season looking up or, and I can't remember if it was, you know, USL tactics or who had crunched the numbers on this, but like the West had won close to 70% of those matches. Um, so I think while it seemed like when you, you know, look just a little table observation, it seemed like, you know, top to bottom, the West was a little bit weaker in actuality based on the, the, uh, and obviously last year was weird because not everybody played everybody, but it seemed like the West did uh, do much better against the East. So it was definitely a, uh, 
I don't know if if uh, if I could put like a one word to the entire match. It was just kind of like a blah. Yeah, it was blah, and I guess that that kind of takes me to, to my 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 main complaint that I want to register here. Even before the Mertz red card and having to play a man down, it this team played so defensive, and it's weird me saying that because I'm always the guy ring the bell and pound the drum for for defense first, and I'm in no way opposed to it. But there, the, the team's xG for this game was was not point three five. And yeah, Mertz puts the hounds down for for close to half the game. The penalty itself, or the red card. Uh, I mean, you've seen some of those not getting given, but his choice to, after a heavy touch, lose the ball and then go to ground for a challenge, basically at at the half line, a bit of a head scratcher. Not not his finest moment, to say the least. But if if you just Kind of look at, at the flow of the game, even lean up to the to that red card, basically the first half, there still wasn't anything there. I, it, it was as if Bob and company just packed packed the bus in their check luggage and were thrown out there to to park it and, and come back with a point. Like there was no real intent to, to score. Um, yeah, that that game flow candlestick chart was just downright depressing. And that's kind of, that's what I'm looking at right now. Night. It's it's making me sad. It, yeah, like I I think we had if you look at it at any over the ninety, like they gave us like one uptick, and besides that, it was pretty stagnant right around zero. No, um, and. I mean, to be fair, the the switchbacks one isn't great either. Up to the red card, and then what? after that, you have three big marks. One, uh, shall we call the own save, where it should have been a goal. Uh, the penalty, which we can discuss for a second, because oh, that's a lulls. Uh, and then the actual goal. Um, so I mean, in terms of the the US will not be using this this game as something the the ship off to the show exciting brands of American football at, at all but it this was a team that that didn't have a loss they were coming off they were playing a switchbacks team that played 120 minutes just a couple days prior the hounds had the previous weekend off and didn't have an open cup game and it was just so incredibly compact and defensive and showing to me no no intent of of trying to come out there with three points uh ariana am i am i misreading this game or is or do you have a a similar thought to it or am i just being needlessly harsh no i i definitely agree i i i think something with a lot of pittsburgh sports in general is that we tend to play down to our opponent we look at what our opponent has what they have to offer and then we try to adjust our play to that instead of just playing the way we should be playing um and this is exactly how i saw this game play out um we saw that they played uh, you know 120 minutes not a couple days prior and i think we adjusted and played down assuming that they 
wouldn't have the recovery period to come back from that. But they did. <laughs> they, you know, played well. And I think that that's what, I think that we we played down to them, I, it, which feels weird to me because they're a pretty decent team. You know, whether they're coming off of a couple of days rest and we're coming off 11 days rest, um, to not field your, some of your, you know, pretty significant players. Um, just, it just felt like we didn't get an open cup and Bob was playing like this was the open cup. Um, I think we played soft. I think that we went in, we went into it. I mean, we've never played this team before ever, but we went into it as if we didn't do any research into the team, any looking into what, you know, they had for us. And, and it just, I don't, it really didn't, I, I'm right there with you. It felt like a, a bleh game. That was a good, uh, good word for it. It just didn't feel, it didn't feel like lily ball. And it didn't feel like what we've come to expect of our team and of our coach. So I don't, I don't know. But if this is, this is, you know, the start of the season. So maybe we're working out the, the kinks, but I don't know. It just no, doesn't it, feel good. I mean, even on the, in the, the very defensive Bob Lilly games, you see where they're, th Hey, this is where they're going to try and rob a goal late. The classic, you know, Lily ball score, score one in the last 10 minutes to win one nil. But I mean, it, there wasn't even the, the the hint of a hey here's how we're setting ourselves up to to do a smash and grab. Um, we did have we did have a missed a goal that should have been a goal. Um, in the first half, we had um, a disallowed goal for handling, um, which I think was a not a fantastic handling call. Um, and then we had another stopped goal later on in the same kind of position that they had. So I can't really make fun of him for the, the stopped goal, but uh, it just felt like we, those were our two, only two chances. And that's not how we should be playing the game ever. Seth, are we being too harsh here? No, we're being absolutely appropriate in our analysis here and you know i'm not here to defend the team um or the style or the coach or the players and you know i think it you know if you think like from a tactical standpoint if you're gonna play a defensive style you need to have your opportunities where even if it's passes through the back line some you know work it through the midfield work it back get jamali a touch all that kind of stuff you need the possession numbers to be closer to 50 50. you you can't expect to win or get a result out of a match that you're playing incredibly defensive and you lose the possession battle 70 30. like you just that that doesn't work because that winds up meaning that you're chasing two-thirds of the match defensively and i just don't and you know altitude 
you know, factor, non-factor, whatever you want to think of it as for these guys, it, you know, you can't, you just can't do that and expect to pull out a result. Like this is one of those matches that I think like if you put paper over, you know, the logos and the score and you said, okay, one of these teams was playing on a few days rest and the other team had 11 days rest. Who's who? I think people would have said that the team that had the 11 days rest was Colorado. And I, I think that's kind of the, like, how did, was it like failure to prepare for them? Failure to, you know, bring the tenacity into the match? Um, or was it just that, you know, they got out there and it was just like, let's let's throw on the kit and let's go through the motions for 90 minutes and hope for the best like it, it kind of it feels like that you know not great how concerned are you uh with burke failing not in the not in the 18 um concerned we have uh, no context around it so far yeah based on the no context i'm going to say medium middle of the road I'm not like pounding the alarm yet. Um, I, I just sometimes I feel like Bob out Bob's himself and just tries to get too cute in certain matches. And I feel like he picked this as that match early in the season to try to rotate and you know see what he could get out of some guys. And honestly, like I I like I liked what I saw out of Zwetslut, who I'm just gonna refer to as the Riot from here on out. Um, but he, he just, he feels like a guy though, that you're just always going to be sitting there waiting for him to pick up a yellow and then he's going to have to completely change how he plays. So I don't, I don't see him as a, I don't see him as the long-term, you know, sub for junior Eto. Um, he, I don't think I would, you know, dude's not afraid to bang bodies around. He's not, no, he definitely, you know, played reckless. Um, and I, I, I like that. I think, you know, you always need a guy like that, but you don't need a guy like that to try to be going 75 minutes. Yeah. I don't know if I want that guy starting if, if he's going to yeah. be like total grit guy, if he comes in in the last 20 and goes out there and, you know, just balls to the wall kind of, yeah, that's fine. But I don't need him trying to maintain that intensity and that style of play for an extended period. Let's let's bring this around to a more positive note, and by positive I mean let's make fun of the other team. Uh, Ariana, the Malik Foster penalty attempt, uh, the worst attempt you've seen in professional soccer, or the worst attempt you've seen in all forms of soccer. Um, all forms, all forms. I think I've watched. You are you are a lady who has not watched five year olds play soccer then. Well, no, I, I have been a five-year-old playing soccer, and I think our penalties have been better. There than it is. That, that was. <laughs> that was honestly, I missed the actual kick itself when it happened because I was laughing too hard at the lead up to the kick. If it weren't for the fact that everyone around me cheered, I, I didn't know. I was laughing too. I couldn't. I couldn't focus because I was laughing too hard at the lead up to the kick. I don't I don't know in what playbook this came from. I don't know where he got this from. I have never seen that before. 
<laughs> and I don't, I don't know what the point of it was. It was so the ball came off the the line so slow that Jamali went the wrong way at the beginning of the kick and then had enough time to correct and and catch the ball. That had the ball had zero, you know, miles per hour on that, and it just I I don't know where his brain was. I don't know. You know, he did a little cutesy move, and I'm pretty sure uh, the Riverhounds admin said those exact words uh, on the Twitter. It was a cutesy uh, move. It was a cutesy move. <laughs> um, and I think he confused himself more than he confused Jamali. Um, but I, that was, that's probably, in a game of, you know, embarrassment for us, that was probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. And at least in a long time, in, in terms of soccer. I'm pretty sure I brought this up last year when the Alex Dixon has had his Paneka. Uh, again, the only penalty attempt the Hounds had last year. Uh, I don't. It, it it is it's too cute for the sake of being too cute. Pick a corner, stride up to the ball, pound the piss out of it into a corner, and no keeper is going to get to it. I don't. I I don't know. I. I, I'm sounding upset or like annoyed. I, I'm annoyed just for like the sake of penalty taking that that this crap happens and a Ronaldo or someone like that or a Messi does something like that and everyone decides they can they can be cutesy about it and and no you look like you look like a moron and Seth uh, horrific PK but he gave us a beautiful shot of of the Colorado Springs mascot. Uh, head and hands, and um, <laughs> I hope you appreciate that because I sure as hell did. Like, you know, anytime, like, there's only two outcomes for any Panenka, right? It's either like so, oh, someone's really being embarrassed. One of two people will be embarrassed with yeah, the Panenka. Yes, it, it's it's either the taker looks great. And, you know, the goalie's just laying on the ground like, shit, what did I do? Or you get this. And it, it, it looks so much worse when it's this. Because, like Ariana said, you know, Jamali starts the other way and still manages to comfortably, like, it, it's like a, like a shortstop, like, deep in the hole, misreading a ball and then still having time to, like, recover, gather, and throw the guy out at first base. Like... Jamali was laying there waiting for the ball to finally reach him. It was awful. And actually, even, honestly, I, you know, they had like, I, I actually didn't even think we were in that bad of a position because you had the, uh, the own save as you referred to, it, which I think is uh, a pretty accurate way. That was like cue up the Benny Hill music itself. And then this awful attempt at the Penenka. So I, I was actually like thinking like okay maybe we maybe we skate through here and grab a point playing with ten like but alas we didn't and alas we didn't yeah. uh, quick quick side note as we're recording now uh, the battery get a, a road win against the Rowdies two one scoring in the ninety plus four minute to to take the lead. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, got some interesting results here to start the season off, to say the least. Uh, 
away from that little side quest there. Uh, Ariana, final thoughts on on this game? Um, it, it positives to take away from it, or just just concerns? Um, you know, I I will say as much as we can, you know, we this game was an ugly game. Um, I was no one is happy with with much of the performance. Luke had a really good game. Um, he completed twenty of twenty two passes, which was fantastic. That's I think the best we've seen so far. Um, he came out, you know, on top of eight of twelve duels. Um, so he's. I was surprised at his performance. Now, was it because the rest of the performance was not so fantastic? Maybe, um, but I think that his. I'm excited to see what what comes next for him. Um, so I think that's if we have to if I have to scrape out a, a a positive note from this game. I think that that's got to be my positive. Luke Biasi had a really really great game. Seth, have have anything else to add to the compliment sandwich for this game, or uh, or do we have to go out on a sour note? Oh. I just don't like. It sounds like no. I, it sounds I, like a no to me. I, I, <laughs> I really can't find anything. Like you know, we completed less than seventy percent of passes. Just abysmal scoring opportunities. None hardly. And at the end of the day, you have two red cards to guys that have started all five matches. So. I do not have any warm and fuzzy feelings regarding this match. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't see a reason to appeal the the Mertz red card. I did not think it was possible to appeal uh, red cards that come by way of two cautions, but it's happened previously this year in the USL, so maybe there's a path back because that second yellow seemed soft, if not outright bad. So who knows? Maybe there's a, a path forward. I, I think you usually find out those on on Thursday, if I remember the timeline on that correctly. So maybe there's a path forward back, but uh, let's say most likely not. That I mean, those are two guys you you Bob's been putting down in, in pen to start start his games that will not be starting. So we can discuss that in a bit. Uh, let's go from from bad news to bad news. Going back a week and a half ago to the the game. Uh, the Tuesday night game at Tulsa. Junior Eto, uh, late in the game, goes up for header, comes down on his left hip, left side, and starts grasping at his left arm. Does not look good. Um, he, I'm not even sure how, what what's been officially said and what's been kind of rumored. I think you know, arm fracture has been thrown out there, probably unofficially, but. Um, Probably, if, if not that, it's something in that, you know, fracture uh, adjacent type of category. Team has come out and said that he will resume training after he recovers in a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks could be anywhere between two weeks and, I mean, who knows the rest of the season because, you know, Bob is notoriously not forthcoming on injury reports. Seth, we'll start with you. Assuming this is a medium to long-term injury, what does the, the loss of Junior Eto mean for this team after five games? 
I, I think it's a big loss. Um, I think he really, you know, I don't think, I think kind of like center backs, defensive center mids, you don't necessarily want to have to talk about them because if they, if you're talking about them, they probably did something that led to a goal the other way. Um, I think he did really good job of helping when we do play through the mid, uh, which is seeming to be not much. Uh, I think he did a good job on the ball. And I think he was, you know, he was defensively solid for us. So I think, uh, I think it is a little bit of a loss. And I, like I said, I think if I had to kind of pick who I think is the long-term fill in there, I think I want Danny Rivera as that role. Um, I think that's kind of where I thought Danny would be playing more this year. Um, and he hasn't yet so far, obviously season's still young. Uh, but I think that, Danny can fill in and do the job because we've seen him mark pretty well from that position before. And he obviously knows the system, knows the guys and he he's, he's smart with the ball. So give me Danny Rivera to fill in. Now the person who, who came in in Tulsa when the injury happened was Trevor Sveltsuit. He also gets the start this, this past week, as we discussed uh, seemingly taking, taking juniors place in lineup. Seth here is calling for Rivera to, to get that spot. We we also discussed a little bit about the the wrecking ball esque nature that that Trevor has shown so far. Um, I do like that, that nickname Riot. We have to we need to start pushing that into the uh, to the forefront of of Hounds fans. But uh, Ariana, are you are you fine with uh, with Riot getting the bulk of these minutes now, or, or are you going with Seth's idea that may Rivera should be doing the uh, the bulk of this work now? I think I'm gonna I'm or, gonna put in a third option. Okay, here. yeah, yeah, or option <laughs> three. So, yeah, fair as well. I think that um, failing might be a good Burke. Failing might be a good permanent or semi-permanent replacement for um, Junior here. Um, I just Burke hasn't gotten the playing a lot of the playing time that we've seen, um, but I think that he would be a good um, even match for what Junior has been doing. Maybe even a little bit more. We have He has a goal already this season, but I think that, because I don't want to lose Rovi as that, you know, player who drops back a little bit into, you know, a, a defensive midfielder. And I don't think I ever, you know, saw Junior do it, or at least he wasn't doing it where it was super obvious to me. Um, but I think that we could use another one of those, like pushing, you know, mid or, or attacking forward or midfielders, which I think Burke would, would fill that, that position there pretty nicely. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say that I don't, I'm not taking Rovi out of my lineup. Um, he's still in there, but um, I think that a good, more long-term replacement for, uh, junior would be Burke. Looking out at uh, uh, other new hounds or new-ish hounds or, or technically new hounds, uh, there was a, a, an announcement <laughs> before this game. Uh, Ilal Asumanu, I think I got that one right on the first try, uh, officially announced after he's been with the team 
pretty much the entire train camp uh, or, or the bulk of it. Uh, he did get 10 minutes in this switchbacks game coming in for Yabara, uh, seemingly taking his spot on the on the the right back side. Uh, we talked about him a little bit after the meet the team event where he was introduced, so we were just kind of waiting for the paperwork uh, to get to get signed and sealed and delivered, and apparently delivered took a while. Ariana, back to you. You, you talked about him a little bit before. Now we've seen him for ten ish or so minutes this past uh, this past weekend. Uh, initial thoughts: uh, Where do you see him fitting into the squad? Um, I, I liked him. Um, I, we only got 10 minutes and I, I'm sure he played. I, I recognized him when they announced and we saw him at the meet and greet. I had recognized him from um, preseason, but not enough that I was like, oh yeah, I remember his play in preseason. So we've only really seen like 10 minutes of his work. Um, I like him. I like the way he plays. Um, he played with Nate at Marshall, uh, for three seasons. So he, you know as a fellow Marshall player on the team. Um, and he, when they listed him as a defender, I was kind of surprised. I feel like he's going to be uh, similar to Danny where he plays, you know, midfield or defensive midfield. Um, we have a lot of defenders and we have a lot of great defenders. So I think in order for Osmanu to get, playing time we might be seeing him go up more towards a midfield which could be also a good replacement for junior um i don't want to hang my hat on it yet since i don't necessarily know how osmanu plays um but he did uh get a trip with marshall to the national championship game the year before they won um I think, or I'm getting those two backwards, but either way, he did make it to the, the NCAA division two national championship game. So I am excited to see how he can play. Um, uh, wait, and, I, I need yeah. to, I need to step in right there because I know there's at least one person who is a fan of the thundering herd uh, and you just called them a division two team and we will get letters about that. Oh, I'm sorry. University of Charleston is Division Two. I'm reading his notes wrong. I skipped a line. My bad. We, re- we respect um, you, Marshall. Marshall University. He You're played three D1 seasons, D one, and then he went to Charleston to finish his college career out at University of Charleston, which is a D two championship game. I skipped that line in my notes. Um, it's also I did not. I was not writing very clearly in my notes, but um, he helped. Marshall to their national championship game. They did not win the first time around. And then he went to Charleston where he did get a championship game. Thank you. Um, Knocked out Pitt in that, uh, in that term as well. mm -hmm. That was, I mean, yeah, you know, my opinions on, on Pitt. So, (laughs) um, but yeah, I'm excited. Players from Charleston. Bob Lilly. Bob Lilly. The Division II hotbed, the pipeline to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds is through Division II powerhouse, University of Charleston. Gave us uh, gave us Tommy and gave us uh, 
Robbie Vincent. Rob Vincent. Sorry, uh, we, we totally de- derailed you there. Yep. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it uh, actually. Yeah, it gives me a chance to look at who he came in for because I don't, I didn't write it down, and I think he came in for. You said Marky. Yeah, he came in for Bear. Yeah, I believe if if. So that's where I think he'll play more. Yeah, I mean, I want to say he, he he took his spot on the field, but th- those last ten minutes, they're also getting a little um, showing some signs of life of getting aggressive. So who knows? Seth, any any thoughts uh, on the first ten minutes of uh, Osamanu's championship uh, debut after uh, after a season with Union in Omaha, Omaha last year? No, that's a that is a great badge they have there in Union Omaha and always top kits. I like the owl. I think then they lose their open cup game. Were they one of the teams that got kind of upset? Yeah, because they're always kind of a little bit of a open cup spoiler. Yeah, they made a run last year, and I think they they kind of yep. they kind of pooped the bed this year. That's a shame. Speaking of the open cup, look at that transition. Uh, Hounds have not pooped the bed yeah. so far because they uh, after successfully taking down the Rochester Rhinos one nil this past uh, this past Wednesday, they were in the hat and they are hosting. The Maryland Bobcats in round three, which is a bit of a broken record because they hosted that same team in round two last year. The game is, if I remember off the top of my head, I want to say it is Tuesday, is it the 25th? I believe is the correct date. Tuesday the 25th, 7 p.m. at Highmark Stadium. Uh, So it's, it's it's like a second round Open Cup game in the third round. So we can do all of our normal second-round Open Cup hijinks because no one's going to be there and no one's going to care, and that probably means the weather will be terrible because that's what that's supposed to be. I don't expect either of you two to have uh, any hot takes on the Maryland Bobcats unless you have one that you want to share. But the question I want to ask you two, and I'll start with you, Ariana, because this was the round where the MLS teams come into the competition, come into the fold, into the draw. What do you want to see in Hounds Open Cup fixtures? Do you want the sexier matchup, or do you want the more winnable matchup? Hmm, it's a good question. Um, I think I want well, I want the more winnable one. Um, in my hot toes, I think we made it one more round in my predictions uh, at the beginning of the season. Oh, I can. So I, I have the I notes want, here. I can check. I think I said fourth. I originally said third because I meant third for us. But I think we're going to win this game, Maryland, and we're going to go one more at least. I want the winnable one, but... Everyone's, everyone what? said the fourth round, except for Storino, who had us going into the quarterfinals. I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for that. Um... I think, yeah, I, it would be fun to play an MLS team, but, and we held off an MLS team last year. Yeah, Cincinnati, uh, they played the extra half an hour while they were busy kicking out um, uh, Jess, yeah. Jesse and everybody for, for unfounded reasons. Yeah, um, and we, we, we played pretty well, so 
whether the it is mutually exclusive a winnable game versus the flashy game um is yet to be seen um but i think we could do it maybe not in the state that our team is at the present moment but we have a little bit of a couple more games to <laughs> re rebuild uh freshen up our players um maybe get some off of suspension but yeah uh so that would be yeah that would be a fun fourth round and depending on how close i would be intrigued to to travel to it um since he was close last year that would that was a close enough game yeah i mean easy travel i mean without getting too far ahead here i mean it, 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 you, you could still end up with another uh usl club in the fourth round like a yeah you know detroit louisville you know I mean, there's plenty of USL v USL matchups around us, so there's, I mean, there's going to be a couple of those teams in the guaranteed in in the in the hat for the fourth round. Seth, same question to you. You have the choice between the more winnable game or the the more headline grabbing game. What what do you want? I always want the winnable game. You are you are people after my heart. I love you. I am sick and tired of people. You get this in England all the time, where people they they moan about not getting a, like a a marquee matchup. Fuck that! Give me the games that are easier to win. Yeah, I want to. Well, I want to see. I want to keep seeing our name advance through the bracket as far as possible. I don't care that we get to go and play at an MLS facility, big whoop, or potentially host an MLS team. Now, if our boy Stevie Storino's prognostication comes correct and we're hosting an MLS team in the quarterfinals I'm all in you know but I, I want the winnable games at this point here's my here's my here's my case in point uh, Seth uh, what two teams were in the Open Cup final last year it was Sacramento and Orlando correct who did Sacramento play along the way to get there? I'm guessing that you're making the point that they had the uh, cakewalk. No, I'm making the point that no one fucking cares who you played to get there. <laughs> you got there. Yeah. G give me the winnable games every fucking time. Yep. 100%. No one cares how you got there. It's not, I mean, you, you, people will know it at the moment, but here we are. Six months, eight months removed from that, and all you know who's got there, not how they got there. Hell yeah. So will they? And this might be a dumb question, but I'm not as as into the the brackets of um, Open Cup as I probably should be. But no, will it's they a, it's reshuffle? A, it's a, yes. Okay. So not to point out and and wag our fingers at our friends over at at uh, Mongols, but. Uh, it is completely the draw for this the third round uh, is completely separate for what they'll do for the fourth round. So just because we were in okay. a grouping with uh, with DC and that uh, the kickers uh, does not mean that we're going against one of those teams in the next round. It'll be a whole new geographical grouping of four to six teams. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Because I was like, well, we'll know then 
who we play, but then, all right, that makes more yeah. sense. Most likely that draw will be that Thursday after. Because you also have to worry about the, because there's also that, those eight, eight, I believe, MLS teams that come in this oh, round. Oh, yeah. Including a Philadelphia Union. So uh, you have to add That's those true. teams into it as well. Um, I do want to mention, uh, we were talking about Union Omaha in the Open Cup. They won against El Paso FC. Oh, they did the upsetting. Damn it. They did the upsetting. And oh, then you know what? I, I, I watched you have that game, too, and I forgot about that anyways. I am, ugh. Not, not great. I wanted to watch that game, but my my feed wasn't cooperating, so I gave up watching that one. Um, they play St. Louis City on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Hmm. Good times. Uh, Seth, we were talking a little bit before I hit the record button. Uh, if you were a an attacking player for the Hounds last year who is not with the Hounds this year, you've probably had a good opening four to five games of your 2023 campaign. Uh, Alex Dickin, Dixon I, on five goals, I think, at this point. Yep. Uh, Cicerone, he had a, a brace in one game. I think he scored in the Open Cup as well. Uh uh, Valeski, who was not a, a hound last year, but a former hound, I, maybe we've just been player of the week for the USL. Um, I put it to you this way: uh, we talk a lot about players, especially midfielders and defenders, leaving the the confi- confines of of a Bob Lilly system and not succeeding too well elsewhere. Should we be concerned of the number of people who have left the Hounds and are now uh, putting up some some you know wide-eyed offensive numbers early days of this season? So I think Valeski is a complete like wild card. I think I'm, I'm not going to lose any sleep over that one. I was adamant that you know we needed the Brinks truck to Russ to keep him. I thought he I, – I, I'm not shocked that he's doing what he's doing. The one that shocks me is Alex Dixon. I thought that letting him go walk um, was acceptable because based on age and kind of his time around the league, I think I was in the – I was under the opinion of him that he might be a guy – entering the twilight phase of his career and obviously i was dead wrong on that one um now does he keep it up or does he finish the season on you know six seven goals yet to be determined so we'll revisit this conversation later in the year but the dixon one is kind of is the bigger of the shock to me now i guess the only thing i will use to to temper this this thing is, you know, at this point, uh, uh, Dan Kelly was also seen at six goals for the Hounds, and he finished the season at six goals for the Hounds. So uh, you, I think you have to respect the small sample size uh, for what it is at the moment. But uh, Ariana, uh, is this a, a big deal, medium-sized deal, little deal of uh, of guys leaving Highmark Stadium and finding their uh, their finishing boots? I think 
I think it's a big deal, but I think it also shows what position on the field Bob Lilly likes to focus on in his players. Um, he it, it was a defensive player, so he focuses a lot on the defensive team. I feel like one thing we're missing on our team is, you know, that forward uh, coach, that scoring coach, that kind of, uh, you know, attention on the off the field. Um, and I think that the players that are going elsewhere and succeeding as well as they are, are the players that might not have had that the coaching that they needed to uh, as a forward, um, you know, I'm looking at Dixon, Ciceroni, um, while both of them played well for us, they are excelling now elsewhere. And I think it's just a matter of what our coaches focus on. Um, not saying that that's a bad thing, you know, as a former defender myself, I too, you know, think the defense is an important position on the on the field but I think we're losing that um so I think it's a big deal in the sense that it shows a hole in our coaching staff whether that's another assistant coach to help Bob coach the forwards or whether Bob needs to pay a little bit more attention to the forwards is yet to be seen but um or discussion for another day maybe but I I definitely think that it's obvious who we're losing and how they're playing when we lose them. Um, Sarah's saying what that, Bob, that Bob needs to, to hire an offensive coordinator. Yep. Can't be calling the plays That's for himself. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I think Bob is a fantastic coach, but I think that with his experience and his focus, I think he focuses a lot on our defenders. Um we have uh, an amazing goaltending coach now. Uh, we have Bob as a defend defensive coach, essentially. Um, but we don't really have that. Now, I don't know what um, oh, the assistant coach. I always get his name wrong. Dan Visser? Yes. <laughs> um, sorry, Dan. I don't know what he focuses on. Yeah, sorry, Dan. Um but I definitely think we're we're missing that offensive attention and the coaching staff. So I'm going to say this. I'm going back in the memory bank here. Oh, here we I can't go. Remember if it was, I can't remember if it was 18 or 19. Uh, there was a interview, I think, with Bob, probably John Kay after a match, something like that. He was kind of talking about the – this is like peak lily ball – the defensive emphasis, you know, any, I think the, the long story short is that, you know, the question to Bob was about like, why are we so good defensively? Like, is that what you focus on? And Bob basically kind of tongue in cheek said that we're so good defensively because all we practice is offense. And now I, you know, here we are this year and it's like, what are we practicing offensively? Because there's no creativity. There's no, like, set, like, you you don't, you know, we're five matches in, and I don't think I could even, you know, begin to paint a portrait of what our offensive identity is as a team. You know, I, I, 
I think, you know, you stylistically, you know, or should know at least how a team's going to play and how they're going to go out and try to score goals for you. And we just don't have that at this point of the year. No, and we, that's, we get the ball down the wings and then we cross it to no one in the box. That's that's the, the offense, man. Maybe, yeah. Or we play a cutesy diagonal pass over the top just to cross it in. You know, it's it's like that. that and obviously that's not going to put up numbers for you. You know, what are we sitting on? Four four goals through five matches. Um, I, I, I'm very, you know, I, I think at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of speculation that we weren't going to be good on like the USL tactics. He, you know, he came out with his whole, we're only going to get like 30 some points, miss playoffs, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, first four matches, like, well, maybe we're not that bad. And now I'm kind of like looking at the full sample size, not just like on a match by match basis. And I'm just really starting to sit, sit here and think like, how are we ever going to go get three points if we're not putting the ball in the net? Because you can't expect to win every match one nil. Um, and I think that's where I just really hope to see them finally find that offensive cohesiveness soon uh you know i hope we're not still having this conversation in june and july or otherwise we'll be chasing a away playoff match at this point like i feel like it's early enough in the season that you have to create the identity figure out how we're going to attack and finally put the rubber to the road and you know get after it offensively Yes. Uh, I mean, we've kind of been poking around the outside of this topic, but uh, this week brought to the forefront that, yeah, there is not much of an offensive identity so so far. And uh, need to find one, hopefully soon. Um, on, on happier terms of, of, of positions that have their own coach and have, has gone well so far, Jamali Waite, save the week, uh, for the USL this past week, which is also just stunning because it's uh, a popularity contest, and we don't do a, we don't really do much to promote the vote for our guys things on this superlative self. So good on him. And then there was a feature written about him on the Hounds website about his uh, game at the Azteca two two draw with Mexico. Absolutely worth a read. Go take a few minutes and do that uh, when you have a chance. Absolutely worth it. Uh, this is his option year. Uh, he could be walking away for nothing at the end of the season. I know it's not the Bob way to do it, but would either of you two uh, be down for, for a mid, mid-year mid extension for the potential uh, future number one for the Jamaican national team or just steady as he goes with a uh, year plus an option in, in, in Hound's world? Seth, what, uh, where, where are your thoughts on Jamal Waite now and in the the next year of his career? Bob has you know said multiple times amongst mixed circles that he will not overpay for a player, and I think that was all well and good in before the talent quality level rose as substantially as it has 
in the USL. I, I think we are now at the point where if you have a player that is good, I mean, I, I would probably say at this point, Jamali's probably, you know, in the top, you know, upper half of the USL goalkeeping echelon. You you need to you need to retain that talent. You can't just hope that you're going to be able to turn another guy into that role. Um, so I am absolutely smashing the extension button. Now are you are you signing that extension button because you want he, you want that guy here for the next let's just say two years, or because you think he becomes a an asset to flip? I think there's I think the pros outweigh the cons on both of those scenarios. I I I'm not going to say yeah, resign them just in the hopes that you get, you know, three quarters of a mil for them from an MLS side. Uh, but if he's still here, that's a plus for us. You know, no, I'm, I'm thinking you just trying to move forward, putting the best 11 that we can on the field. I think that Jamali Waite would be my choice to be that guy with his heels on the back line for us. Ariana, you are you're playing the role of, of Bob at the moment. Jamali's agent uh, approaches you about a midseason extension, but it's a little bit more than what you're comfortable paying, or what your your internal numbers says um, his value should be. Are you in any way persuaded to make that deal, or the budget is the budget is the budget, and we'll find someone else next year? I think I think if I'm Bob, I'm I'm signing him mid-season extension. Um he's played so well and is a fantastic, you know, addition to our team. I I think it would be silly for us to give him up, but I also know that Bob has said he won't hold a player back. So I don't know if Bob will weigh whether paying for him and you know you know signing an extension for him is good for him or if we would be holding him back in the long run. Um, I, I if I'm if his agent comes to me and I'm Bob Willie, I'm saying yeah, we we should sign this deal right now. Um, if Jamali isn't picked up he'll be but picked up by the Riverhounds. He'll be scooped up by somewhere else very quickly. Um, he's shown not only for the Riverhounds, but nationally, he's shown that he has the acumen to play. And so I am, if we don't hear anything by the middle of the season, I have a feeling that we won't have him for next season, um, which I think would be probably the biggest mistake we will make in a few years. Yeah, this you're, this kind of gets us close to the whole. And the, uh, something I've been kind of, you know, banging the drum about a bit is players that aren't in the MLS ecosphere just don't seem to be as highly valued as as players outside of it. Um, I mean, 
Seth kind of threw out there a number for what a, a transfer for, for Jamali might be, but it is annoying that they would rather look internally to not even their own their own two team, but you know, someone else's two team to, to acquire that talent than than to grab uh, that person from outside of it, which makes the the Danny Griffin going to Huntsville thing kind of makes sense. Also a guy who scored a goal this past week that, you know, just pal on from what we talked about before. Forgot about that one. Uh, it just, it's an interesting dynamic of the USL to MLS thing and Bob slash the Hounds not having history of, of, a, of holding on to guys with the intent of uh, making them a sellable asset in the future. Uh, and in the background of all that, you have your your indies in the Louisvilles who are doing just that, and the the dynamics of this league have have changed in the past five years. And I, I'm not sitting here and saying I know what the right answer is, or I know what you know, because what's good for Indy or Louisville or whatever is maybe not the right thing for for Pittsburgh. But it's undeniable that even since Bob's been here, the the dynamics of this league have changed, and I guess it's a little concerning that. These years later, we're still, you know, signed to a year plus a year, and for the most part, they're walking after two. Every so often, they get offered that second contract to stay for another, again, year plus a year, unless you're unless you're Kenny Forbes. But yeah, it's. I'm gonna add a thought to this. Please do. And it's pertaining to the question that you asked Ariana about the if you're Bob and you know agent asks for slightly over value. I think this is where, you know, Tuffy came out and said, you know, however many, however long ago that was in one of Bob's first years that we're going to win a championship here. And if you look at, like you talked about the changing dynamics of the league, the talent level has jumped exponentially over the last couple of years. I think it can't be Bob trying to build his structure anymore. I think it has to be the front office has to be willing to splash some cash to keep guys here. I, I think that it, as much as we'd like to like put all of that responsibility on that in all this, that this is all Bob's, you know, system for the one plus one contract structures Bob has to have the means necessary to be able to go out and sign these guys long-term at this point. And if Tuffy's not giving him that support financially, they need to figure out how they can increase that revenue to help out with those types of investments in the team. Yeah. I mean, just, there's just a lot of, a lot of pieces at play here and, uh, Certainly, not going to answer answer it tonight or or even this season. But I think it just you have to be accepting that yeah, the dynamics of the league have certainly changed in the past five years, and and how that how the hounds fit into that is 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 it going to be static or is it going to evolve? And I guess we'll uh, we will have to see. Maybe at, not as it pertains to to Jamali, but just. Uh, you know, future player X, shall we say? Um, there, yeah, you know, in the in the Pittsburgh region, there's a rather large contingent of people that love to shout 
the slogan of spend nutting, win nutting, making fun of the pirates and their payroll. This mm -hmm. feels just like that at the end of the day. If you're not willing to go out and maintain guys that are going to help you be a contender year in and year out, in my book, you're doing the same thing that the pirates are. We'll close it on that. And I'll, I'll throw out a trivia question to you, Ariana. Question is to you. Yeah. Of the, the professional, men's professional sports teams in Pittsburgh, which team has the longest playoff appearance record? The long, oh. Well, recently it's the Riverhound. It is now. Because the Pens now. just got knocked out of the playoffs. Yeah. That's all. I think what... When we when we made it to the second round last year, m my favorite trivia was: This is the first time a Pittsburgh that was the first time a Pittsburgh team had made it to the second round of playoffs. I'm pretty sure it was since 2019, if not earlier. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, but you're gonna have to put a warning on the description for this pod. Like, if you feel that your serotonin levels are a little low, do not listen <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> it says we've been cow just yep. Yeah. Just kind of shitting on everything. Just been absolutely shitting on whatever we can get our hands on. Yeah, fresh, fresh yeah. Penguins losses or being eliminated <laughs> from playoff contention. There we go. Sixteen seasons. Oh, man. Yeah. That goes back to the igloo. Uh, I, sorry, I'm having thoughts about that now. We'll move on to. Right, we'll move on to this. Yeah. I went to that, that first. Uh, the first year that Sid and them went, made the playoffs, they played the Sanders in the first round. Got a game through student rush at, for twenty bucks at the old igloo, standing room only, and it was fantastic. They lost. Uh, this Saturday, Hounds back at home for the second uh, second time this season, hosting the Rio Grande Valley Toros. If anyone ever saw those, the one year they had commercials, it was uh, go on YouTube, type in like RGV Toros commercial or something like that. They were they were like Mexican soap opera inspired ads and they were fantastic um sorry kind of in the side there <sighs> a lot going on this week a second home game uh it's yenzer night uh local yenzer uh and hound uh, as we talked about it robbie mertz will not be playing even though he was in all the all the ads for it but red cards will do that to you uh let's talk about the 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 big marquee event of of yenzer night uh, it is April 12th. Uh, Iron City just came out with their Icy Light slash Turner's Tea hybrid cocktail drink. Some people started drinking it. Uh, Ariana, I think you've had some. Uh, they're going to be available for $5 a can before the game, even though it's probably going to be 10 cases of these things in the at our tailgate. Uh, you've tried one out. Uh, let's get the review. What are your thoughts? I... I'm not a fan, but I don't like beer. So kind of runs hand in hand. I think that there's definitely, to me, a more beer flavor than maybe some other people have, have tasted, but I'm not a huge beer fan. So I can usually taste it when it's there. Um, I think it's going to be a hot toe, but I think it's kind of mid. Um, I think there's a lot of hype around it. That was I Logan's first thought. Tea. That's true. But then he had. Then he started drinking more. 
and then liked it more. Well, maybe maybe that's it. I've only had a little bit. Um, my dad brought home a case, and and I got to try one on well, a couple days ago, I think. Um, I, I've only so I've only had one, and it wasn't even a full can. But um, I I love the concept. It's just not. I mean, if you've ever seen me at a tailgate, I drink a tea-based drink normally. Um, I drink a tea and vodka canned cocktail. Um, so I'm, it's not out of the realm for me to taste something tea. So I, I had a little bit of high hopes in regards to the, the tea aspect, but I think it's kind of mid. I'm not a huge fan, but I again, I don't know if that's just because I'm not a beer drinker. Um, I think it got a lot more hype than maybe necessary for it. Um, so yeah, I think it's a little bit, it's in that mid range. Um, it's not what I'm reaching for, despite it being $5 uh, at the game on Friday before kickoff. Before kickoff. Um, I, I will not be reaching for that. Although I'm glad they brought back the, bef- the before kickoff and not the 7 p.m. thing, because we can hopefully play that loophole one more time in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for the dollar beer day, if they have, if they have this for, uh, for their dollar beers later in the season maybe but man somebody it. must have somebody must have been an absolute asshole over the definition of before kickoff <laughs> <laughs> who would have ever done that except like 50 people that one night uh seth uh i don't think you've had one of these yet but i'm i know you and i know you're going to have one or two of these um expectations have been built high for this um are you are you afraid that expectations will not be met? What you're a man of class. How are you approaching this? I'm not. This subject? I'm not an iced tea. I'm not an iced tea person. So like, it doesn't really like scream out and like grab my attention. Honestly. Wow. Okay. I I don't I, and if I and honestly like if I do drink iced tea, it's usually unsweetened. So. I'm like this is not my I'm not in the target demographic for this. Not your not your cup of tea. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Hey, <laughs> here's my hot toe. Uh, all you know, Turner Turner's gets all this love. They're, all these like cheap tea brands, they're all the same. Serena's not here, so I could say that. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, are, you, are you gonna are you gonna go off and say like you like Turkey Hill better or something? They're all the same. <laughs> they're all the same. They're probably all from the same, like, it's probably the same. Like, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's, they're just putting they, different label yeah. on it. It's all, yeah. Yeah. Uh, only, Turner's only tastes good in the in the uh, cardboard containers, not the plastic bottles. Give me the OG, peel back the, the lip of the card, you know, the container. Have it all soggy by the time uh, you get done with it? Yeah, that's the only way Turner's tastes good. That's the only way I'll drink Turner's. I mean, I love Turner's, but. It, it's better. It's best in those OG containers. Word. Uh, it their big celebrity appearance is is some person from from dance moms. I don't. I don't. I'm not looking up the person's name. I don't care. Seth, I have. I'm almost certain you have no actual thoughts on this. Ariana, you said you have. You have thoughts. Please share with the class. Uh, yes, her name is um, Dr. Holly Hatcher Frazier. 
Um, she was on Dance Moms, is um, most well known for that. Um, As opposed to what else? Was, what else would she be known for? She is. I mean, she's an actress. She's been in um, Bold and the Beautiful. She, Dance Moms is not her only TV credit. It is just her major TV credit. Wait, wait, um, did, wait. Did, did she do the reality show first and then became an actor? Or was she an actor who then ended up on a reality show? She did the reality show. The, the Bold and the Beautiful is a soap, soap yeah. drama. Uh, she did that one first. And, and then Dance Moms. Oh, um, okay. And then she w- she's been in like <sighs> she's been in some You're like music videos well. and yeah no she's also a doc a prof- well she's a doctor superintendent yeah a superintendent she's someone in a local school all right um she has like a cameo so if someone were to be so intrigued they could get a cameo of her saying something to them. Um, but she's not, I mean, she is most known for Dance Moms. Um, oh, I'm yeah. a huge fan. I love Dance Moms. I think that she's going to get a <sighs> lot of, I don't, I don't know. I know there's only a handful of people that I've talked to who either one, know who, who she was, uh, or two, are at all interested in the fact that she's going to be there. Are you getting a selfie with her? Uh, Me? Probably not. I'm not, I'm not that close. I mean, if she's there, yes, she's going to be there in line. No, no, no. Like if she's, if I just, if I have to wait in line to get a selfie with her, no, but if she just walks by me, I really hope there's not line for this. (laughs) I don't know what the concept of like that. This is what I'm struggling with is like, What's the celebrity appearance? Are they just going to be there sitting in the box and wave on the big screen? Um, like, like the queen point, up in the suite just like, waving down to the... Yeah. yeah. Or are they going to be like signing autographs or... Like I'm intrigued at what the whole concept of like what this person is going to be doing at the game. Are they going to do a halftime something? I don't know. So well, we'll see. We'll I have a on, feeling that... Does she have a dance number she can do for us? <laughs> she might. She might bring her kids. Um, but I, I don't know. I think she has three kids, the daughter who danced in dance moms and, um, two sons who might be the reason why she, she has, um, agreed to, to attend her, her sons might be into soccer, um, or the Riverhounds. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued to see how this goes. I'm just saying this, if they are accessible, I will wait a very long time to get a video with Ike Taylor saying like his Sunday night football intro of the Ike Taylor swag in university. <laughs> I mean, if we get Ike in the, uh, in the, in the section at some point, that'd be awesome. But, uh, that'd be amazing. I, or the old two niner. Well, let's say, let's save those, those yinzers for their, their appearance nights because I, anyone who's still listening at this point, congrats on you. Um, You've been toughing this one out. Uh, the actual game, they're playing uh, the RGV Toros. We kind of mentioned that already, but kind of, I mean, we did. They are one win, three draws, zero losses. So we got to hand them their first loss. Uh, their win is against Detroit, who is, uh, I mean, uh, they're pretty fucking willful. 
Uh, all of their draws have all been 1-1, so they're, they're good for scoring a goal every game. They're good for conceding a goal every game except for when they played Detroit. They are coming off of uh, their Open Cup loss, so they have been knocked out by a League One side, South Georgia. Uh, they lost 2-1, so again, they're good for scoring a goal every game. Uh, I'm just saying, if, you know, if you're looking at lines, uh, a goal for for the Toros seems to be pretty solid. In terms of, of uh, people you would know, former Hounds, really only one, and it's that guy you're always afraid who's going to uh, show up and score on us because he's just a, a quick little bastard. Cristiano Francois, uh, the Haitian sensation, will be most likely making an appearance back at Highmark. Seth, any any fears of uh, having uh, the former Hound score against us? The cheetah, yes. yeah. I mean, he, he's just that guy. He's just he's gonna wind up with like a Wikipedia page of basically any team that was a USL Championship team between the years of like twenty seventeen and whenever he finally hangs up the boots. Uh, yeah, he does scare me. I completely forgot he had gone there. He's one of those ones that like he I signed late. He was kind of unsigned for the longest time. And I'm thinking he oh yeah, yeah I don't, he's done. Nope, 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 not yet. Nope, nope, nope. He's still here. Um, he's he's just one of those guys. He's just he's a he's a scorer, and like you said, he's still fast as hell. So he'll definitely give us a lot to pay attention to up the wings. Last time I checked, he did not have the highlights in his hair. Does that change your opinion? Then he's completely a non-factor. But he was still rolling up his shorts. <laughs> Ariana, does rolling up the shorts I, make you any faster or any better? What? Um, <laughs> it makes me laugh at you more. I think it's hilarious when people roll up the shorts. Um, I didn't think it made makes. I don't think it makes anyone faster, but. I don't know. Now, I'm intrigued. Now I'm sitting here trying to figure out what made him so fast. Was it the shorts or the hair? Or both? <laughs> I don't know. If it was both, I'm not worried anymore. I mean, he has the lowest score season season statistics-wise on FOTMOB, so first team. Yeah, he's got an, Solid he, six, he has an assist so far, which seems stunning that that man has an assist. Because um, def- deferring to someone else was not his strongest suit for us, but eh. Um, because because he was usually crossing the ball as he was like running himself out of play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, he's starting every game, so good on him for that. Uh, yeah. What can I say? Uh, everyone else on there, uh, it's going to be a bunch of names. Only the the real sickos are gonna know. So we do we do have the the always interesting uh, uh, son is on the team that his dad is coaching dynamic. Mm. Uh, Seth, you're a dad. How does how does the dad uh, offspring on the team dynamic play for you? And I've coached my daughter in soccer. Um, are you giving her preferential uh, playing time? No, uh, I'm an asshole, so I'm just going to be genuinely harder on her uh, than the other kids. Um, yeah, that I mean, I don't think you get to I don't think you get to see that much at this level. So that's that is a cool little tidbit there. 
It's this is not, this it's, is like two teams in a row that like there's like three games in a row that like outside of a couple there's not really much uh, USL name notoriety across the board. No, it's uh it really isn't. I've stalled with the dumb fun fa- fun facts I could have for this team as best I can. Uh, Ariana, do you have any actual like substantial information to pass on to the people? No. Okay. <laughs> Oh well, actually, oh, yes. we we could mention that they signed a heck of a lot of younger players. I want to say I saw it nine, maybe USL Academy contracts, which is an interesting. I just that's a lot. We have one. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that many compared to their. I'm pretty sure it's it's either seven or nine. Those are the two numbers in my head. But mm. yeah. Quite a few young young kids. Seth, I'll close it. You can close this out here. Uh, one thing that you want to see this the Hounds do this this week. Let's say, let's take the, the concept. It's a it's a West Western Conference team. So you, maybe you're not taking it quite as seriously, or as you know, it's not as dire as when you're playing someone from the East. So uh, we're going to focus on this one thing. Uh, Bob's in there. You got the, the whiteboard out there. All right, guys, we are going to be better at this this week. What is that thing? Putting the ball in the net. <laughs> I, 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 think it's a, I think it's that simple. Like, find some offensive firepower and exploit the hell out of it for 90 minutes and get three points. Beautiful. Ariana, uh, two two starters that you could put down in pen in Mertz and Ordonez not playing. Uh, who comes in for them? It's a good question. Um, Ordonez, I'm saying, well, the back line will be Dos Santos, Farrell, Hogan, and Biasi. That's what I have penciled in um, for the back line. I feel like Hogan has been a pretty sturdy back back you know member of our our central center backs lately, and I think Farrell will be fine to fill in for um, Ordonez, if not better than fine. Um, in the front, I'm saying Failing or Kizza will come in to be that Robbie Mertz position person. If failing's not question. if failing's not in the eighteen this week, uh, alarm bells going off for you. Yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. Yeah. He he. How how can you not play this week? One of our unless there's an injury. One of our our goal scorers. I mean, we talked about we have what four five goals so far this season. And let me see. Oh, six. Five, because Rochester doesn't count. Sorry. <laughs> Three of them are from one player. And so the other two, you know, we don't have, we have three goal scorers on our team. And you're not going to play one of them? That just doesn't sound right. Unless there's something wrong, it doesn't sound right to me. So if he's not playing, I'm scared. Yeah, well, I mean, you're definitely not playing one because 
Robbie Martz is uh, is not playing, so yeah. that would leave yeah. only your uh, your Dequa goals in there. Yeah, Burke and Dequa. <sighs> Seth, it's uh, we're closing in on 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 ninety minutes here. Uh, your your final thoughts for the class. Um, tonight I learned that dance moms were actually watched by people. Yeah. News to me too. I, I, I don't know. That's one of those things that I feel like I heard about via the internet and didn't really know that people cared. <laughs> Sorry, Ariana. Like, no, I, I cared mostly because it was a Pittsburgh. Uh, okay, there you go. There you go. Wasn't a dancer, so it didn't affect me. But it, they were Pittsburghers, so. Seth, you uh. I wa- Oh, sorry. Go with the. That's okay. I was just gonna say I'll watch almost anything, either filmed or centered around Pittsburgh. Such a good yinzer. Look at you. Facts. You should be liking your Turner's slash icy light drink. Then, damn it. I should be. <laughs> Seth, are you uh, you able to make the the journey down the Highmark Stadium this weekend? I will not be there. We, uh, Lashawn and I, are venturing down to Nashville for a little mom and dad getaway weekend. Oh, nice! So we're gonna be uh, tearing it up with my good friends and his fiance down there for the weekend. So now I already have something to ask you next time you're on the program. Now it's gonna be beautiful. Ariana, what are your uh, what are your hopes, dreams, and expectations for tailgate this week? Besides pounding a lot of Turner slash icy light. Well, yeah, we we've been having a discussion of uh, over and under uh, how many cases will will make it their way down to our our tailgate. Um, I am also remaking some of my pudding shots, so um, those will make an appearance again. Including, I have to re- remake because they're all gone. Um, the chocolate cover, the chocolate strawberry tequila pudding shots. So those will be will be down there. They were delicious. Um, they they're dangerous. Uh, those ones especially. <laughs> when I'm making them, I have to make sure I'm not leaving the house after I I finish making them. Um, uh, so I'm expecting that. I'm excited. It's supposed to be. I'm gonna knock on all the wood as I say this. There's supposed to be some decent weather for us. Um, our first well, it's a second game of the season at home, but our first game with some warm weather. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Beautiful. Be there, be square. Four o'clock tailgate, seven o'clock kickoff. Victory beverages a little bit after nine. Victory selfies somewhere closer to nine. Uh, let's, let's get this get this horse righted after uh, after a very uh, blah uh, showing out in Colorado. Because yeah. yeah, it's time to time to kick this bad boy in high gear. We'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network for providing the online hosting of Houndsy. Check out the wealth of soccer content being produced weekly at bgn.fm. The Houndsy theme music was composed and performed by Rocketman and the Space Babies. Check them out at facebook.com slash spacebabiespgh. The show is produced by Joe Majorak. Email the show at pghstillarmy at gmail.com. Put podcast in the subject line. All complaints about the show can be sent to nick.noble at mail.wvu.edu. On behalf of... Uh, Ariana and Seth, I'm Dan Yost. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back again soon.